Well, God bless you. Welcome to Church on the Hill. Today, we are going to uh, kind of pick up where I've been on Wednesday nights. We had been going kind of through Luke chapter 10 and 11. And coming, we are just now coming out of talking about our tongue. I don't know if any of you have been allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you in your tongue. I want to encourage you. Uh, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And how important it is what we are saying about ourselves, what we are saying about our children, what we are saying about our spouse, what we are saying about our job, what we are saying about our church, how important it is the things that you say out of your mouth, that they line up with God's Word. Because God is watching over His Word, ready to perform it, ready to perform it in your life. But uh, if you remember two weeks ago on Wednesday night, I talked about um, our worship, uh, about the, the perfume being poured out, and about how important our worship is and how worship can't be, um, can't be private. It is personal, but it can't be kept private. And that leads me right back to the story of Mary and Martha, but... You know, I've been talking about how Martha had it right. Today I want to talk about how, how busy we are. And let me tell you, VBS week is our busiest week. It's good. We really, it's really a time that we really get to know each other. It's a time that we have to spend quality face time together. Me and Justin and Caleb spend about all day on this stage Thursday. And by the end of the day, it was a failure. We had to completely change our direction. It wasn't a failure, but it was a challenge that we couldn't make work. But uh, in that challenge came, I believe, the, the right thing. And that, that's why you see the stage the way that it looks now. Is we had, but, but we had to work hard together, love on each other, argue with each other, and find God's will for this week. And it's what happens. We get busy, and we can either allow God to move in our life, or we can get frustrated. Now, Elizabeth and I have just watched this series on the History Channel, and I really can't hardly recommend it. The language was terrible. The violence was terrible. Way over the top of even a, possibly even a rated R movie. But it was the Hatfields and McCoys. I don't know if any of you watched it, all this family feuding that went on back in the 1800s. And it was all based on bitterness and unforgiveness between two men between two men that loved each other, that fought together, that warred together, and that let their hearts turn the wrong direction. So I want to I just dive in today talking about the busyness in our lives. Who here is busy? Is anybody busy? And you know what? I struggle so much my whole life with busyness. You know, so much so that I work ahead. Now, not everybody's like me. But I like to work ahead. I like to be ahead of the, the game. I may not be the smartest person in the room. I may not be the sh sharpest tool in the shed. But I will be ready. Almost to a fault. You know, I will work ahead maybe days, maybe weeks, maybe months ahead. And you may say, um, OCD? Maybe. I say, G-O-D. God made me that way. And I've been trying to kind of overcome me applying my flesh to it, but I've got to find how God made me and allow Him to work that way. 
I'm not a weirdo to him. I may be to you, but I'm not to him. I'm made just the way he, he wanted me to be made. Same thing with you. You're not a weirdo to the kingdom. You're made perfectly to fit right into this church, to fit right into the kingdom. You were made perfectly to fit just with your uniqueness. Can I use that word? That word makes me feel a little bit better about myself. Not my weirdness, my uniqueness. But I've got to confess, you know, even with my busyness, with my working ahead, it's a struggle for me. I TiVo shows so that I can watch a 60-minute show in 43 minutes. I don't, want, I don't like wasting time. If any of you have ever worked with me, I hate inefficiency. I hate busy work. I like to be efficient in what I do, even to a fault. But as you start to get the picture of who I am, you know, you start to wonder, what does fast really do for me? You know, it imposes values on those closest to me. My, my quirkiness in my scheduling affects my family. It really affects my family. But really, let me ask you, what has busyness or working ahead or, or really um, um, going at a fast pace done for me? Has it gotten me maybe a little bit farther in my career, maybe with, with academic accolades? Yeah, maybe. But the more important question is, what's it costed me? What has it cost me? Important moments with my wife? Yes. I have chosen the wrong thing so many times and missed the right thing. Um, moments with my children? Yes. Do you know that I left my, ch my child's uh, bed in the hospital where they needed me to come and lead worship? Now you may say, wait a minute. But I want you to know the place I was supposed to be was with my child. But I didn't. Someone else could have led worship and had done a great job. Probably had even done the appropriate job for that day. It was meant for somebody else. I was meant to be with my child, but I wasn't. Now, now again, that's going to throw a very big curveball because we're talking about worship. Now, worship is the main thing. But at that moment... My main thing was caring for my child, and I missed it. Anybody ever done that before? You, now, I'm not talking about missed leading worship to be with your child. I mean, walked off from where you were supposed to be in order to do what you thought was important. That's what we're talking about today. If you can just get the picture of who I am. Have I missed it with my kids? Yes. Have I allowed the pace of my life to affect my children? in some certain ways. Absolutely. My busyness has cost me depth because it's hard to go deep when you're always going wide. Why am I telling you this? Because busyness is expensive. There is a cost to this consequence. It's pricey. I have no doubts. I'm convinced and I'm saddened and I have no doubt that had I gone deeper and more thoughtfully intelligent and more passionate, been a more passionate servant of Christ, I believe I would have been a more passionate servant of Christ if I would have learned at a younger age how to live in this rat race and to how to recognize what fuels my pace. If I'd known some of the things that I'm going to teach you today, I believe I would have been a different person. I want to ask you if you can identify with any of these words. Busy, rushed, empty, stressed, fatigued, overloaded, superficial. 
Now, let me just tell you, don't anybody feel alone. One good thing is that misery loves company. And we're all together. We're all together. And you know what? If you're here today and maybe you are a follower of Christ, maybe you're not. You've maybe been invited to church today and you may be kind of checking this Jesus thing out. Kind of just feeling it out. What does Jesus really mean to me? I want to say this message today, we are welcome to you. I want you to know that this is a, not just a Christian versus a non-Christian message. This is a message for the people today of the 21st century. Because busyness is an equal opportunity demon. It will take the Christian and the non-Christian. Busyness will get you. So no, no matter where you are, we welcome your busy body to Church on the Hill today. But I just want to tell you, just relax, take a deep breath, and really what I need you to do today is be honest with yourself. The same thing with this whole message on your tongue. Be honest with yourself. Don't go away from here and say, that was a good message, and then go back to your life. Be honest with yourself. Apply God's word to you today, not to the person sitting next to you. Be honest about how you don't want this life anymore. And let's go after some solutions. And maybe today you can walk away with a deeper, stronger, healthier, more joyful life. But today as we start off, I want to talk about a few lies. And I'm just going to suggest a few lies to you. And I believe that as you read these, you may not even see them as lies. You may say, you know what, that statement, I say that all the time. That's not a lie. But I'm convinced that people in the midst of busyness don't back themselves away from busyness to reflect on their life. I've done this a lot. I believe that the busyness that we live in is like the air that we breathe. When's the last time you got up in the morning and thought, I wonder if there will be enough air for me to breathe today? What does air look like? No, you just go through life breathing it in. And busyness is such a part of our culture that we don't even think about it being inappropriate. So here I'm going to show you a few statements. And I've got these little check boxes that say yes, no, maybe. But I want, to, I want, to let you, I want you to ask yourself something differently as I pop these up. I want, to ask you, I want to ask you to apply this. Do you never say it? Do you sometimes say it? Do you always say it or do you think it? How do you apply to this? Number one, there's not enough time to do everything I've got to do. Remember, do you ever say that? Do you always say it? Do you think it? There's not enough time. Can I tell you, that's a lie. It also, it also has another name. The other name is, if there was just a few more hours in my day. Do you know that there is exactly enough hours in your day for you to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish? Exactly. It's perfect. God made it perfect for your life. So when I come to this feeling, I wish there were more hours in my day. There's not enough time to do everything. Let, let me just let a light bulb go off for you. Somebody's mismanaged their time. You or God? Probably the former. Probably not God. But since none of us like to take the blame, we don't like to blame ourselves for mismanaging our time, our priorities, our values. We take a shot at God. If I just had more hours in my day. God, if you could just do that uh, daylight savings time thing and give me one more hour. If you could just give me, if you can just make the clock run back three hours. 
every day I would get my stuff done. No, you wouldn't. You would fill your time with other stuff. At some point, when you think there's too much to do, that's a lie that fuels our busyness. Next statement. It's a busy season. It's just a busy season I'm in right now. Like the month of May. For us as parents, it's a lot, more, it's a lot worse for uh, my wife Elizabeth than it is for me. But what do we have in May? We have dance recitals. And we have them all week long. I, I go and I, I haul Taco Bell to the dance studio through the week. And we eat in the foyer of the dance studio as a family. We just all gather together and here we go. We're, we don't eat a lot of Taco Bell. We probably eat it five times a year, but that's one of the times that we eat it. And the kids are like, ooh, Taco Bell. And then we have dance recitals all week. We have baseball tournaments, basketball tournaments all month long trying to wrap up. Then we have, we have uh, piano recitals, violin recitals. Then we, huh? Field trips. We went to Cumberland Caverns twice. How many times can you see a hole in the ground? And let me tell you, it's beautiful. You see the presence of God there. But one time, once a year, was enough. Thankfully, Elizabeth went twice. I went once. It's busy. It's a busy season, right? And here we are. We end May and we think, oh, May's finally gone. But what's right behind May? We'll be here all night, every night. Praying, working, eating, laughing, crying, yelling, shouting. All week. It doesn't stop. Yeah, but once May's gone, I'm going to feel so much better. Why? Because seasons come to an end. It's right around the corner. There's a lot of stuff that goes on. And when this season ends, I'll get back to my regular life. That's a lie. People don't have seasons like the state of Arizona. It doesn't get cold in Arizona. It stays hot. It's always hot. It's not the season that's busy. It's the person that's busy. And busy addicts, which many of us are, and we just don't want to admit that we're busy addicts, but a busy addict is always looking for an opportunity to score that drug again, which is more activity. If you believe this lie, you will always be busy. Next one. This one gets me. This is really important. This really is important. This task, this person, this meeting, this opportunity. And we line things up in front of us that are really important. And we're constantly faced with busyness. Here's the key. It's not just that we think it's really important. Sometimes we, we, we get sucked into what other th- people think is important. And it gets put in our to-do list also. And their urgency gets off on us. And we pick up their urgency. And we put it in our to-do list. What we need to come up with is a to-don't list. I 
I make a statement to, to Michelle and my staff, if you'll just get it in my calendar, I'll get it done. Well, I work very hard for them not to put things in my calendar. Just as important as it is to put certain things in my calendar, it's important not to put things in my calendar. Because if it gets in my calendar, I'll do it. I'm like Ron Burgundy. You write it on the list, I will do it. It's a scary thing. We get sucked in to our schedule. And we will not waver from it no matter what. I don't know if you can relate, but that's me. As you go through life thinking everything's really important, that's what happens when you start running on empty. That's when burnout comes up because you don't have the discernment or the wisdom or the intelligence to be able to really figure out what's important. So when everything seems really important, it's proof that you're almost out of gas. If we were to sit down to have a meal together and we just sit knee to knee and we sit eye to eye and we look and talk about values in life, you know, most people, not everybody, but 90% of people would say, you know what, I put God first, my family comes second, and career, maybe school, would come third. These would be values. You know, it's kind of easy to say it out, but what the problem is, frequently, we, do, we make choices that don't validate those same values. We say that, we know the right thing. Uh, we had gone around the table last night asking, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? And they started saying what they wanted to do. And you know, it's fun to be at the age that you don't have responsibility, you don't have those things set in place. You can just say, man, I want to be this. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a marine biologist. I, you know, whatever. It's not what they said, but you know, it's fun to, I want to be a fireman. I want to be a policeman. Do you remember? I said that. Where was I going with this? Man, I had a great point too. Um, shoot. Don't try to help me. I didn't lead you into it at all. <laughs> oh well. Lord, just show us if, if we need to have that back. Put God first. Put family second. Put career or school third but we don't walk through it in our life because our perspective is off. Your decision-making becomes blurry. We crumble under pressure, and here's what we do. We elevate things that are not important in place of the things that are important. Now I'm sitting here running through my mind. What was I trying to say? What was I trying to say? But you take these lies, and you don't even think that they're lies. You come to believe that they're just part of the air that you breathe. You take these lies, then you multiply them into what I like to call a cultural lie, a, bi a cultural bigger lie. You know what that lie is? That busy is better. That's a lie of culture. If you go and you sit down, if you go and you sit down and you talk to somebody, what do you say? Hey, how's it going? Oh, I'm doing good. Are you busy? Yeah, good. Good, I'm busy too. Good. We feel good about ourselves because we're busy. We all say it. Man, I'm keeping busy. What's well, good? It's better than not being busy. Really? I don't know. I want you to think. Is busy better? No, busy isn't better. Choosing better is better. Choosing better is better. Busy isn't better. 
if you walk out of here, we need to break the thought of busy isn't better, choosing better is better. I'm going to tell you something that may hurt you just for a moment, and then we're going to come back to making you feel good. And I've learned this from working with, with people over the last 10 years. Busy people are broken people. They're broken emotionally. They're broken relationally. They're broken spiritually. And the reason they're broken is because they're trying to fill up with activity in place of what's broken. Activity is going to fill the need of their brokenness. You know, you may want to react, hey, I, I, I take that the wrong way. I'm, a, I'm busy, but I'm not broken. I'm very healthy. No, you're not. I believe that when you get to heaven, you're going to see that busy isn't better. Choosing better is better. We've got to learn to choose better or we'll always miss the mark. Now, let's go to God's Word. You guys know where I'm going. Luke chapter 10. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me there. Luke 10, we have a conversation with Jesus and two other people, one who chooses better and one who doesn't choose better. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said, verse 40. But Martha was distracted. Now, if you got your Bibles out, and if it runs closely to this translation, this is NIV, circle the word distracted. If you don't mind marking in your Bible, circle the word distracted. Was distracted by all the preparations she had, that had, be, had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Verse 41. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, let your word come to life in our lives, Lord, and let it be identified directly into our life. This not be a story that we read about two women, but Lord, let it be a, a revelation into our life. Let us see what's important. Lord, we need to see what's important. Holy Spirit, teach us what's important. Holy Spirit, I give you the right to move our hearts. As the pastor of this church, Lord, I give you, I just ask that heavens be opened up to our hearts and that we would hear your word and that we would receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. It's a little short conversation here, and let's just try to unpack it just for a moment. Jesus came into this woman's house, and what was customary when you came into the house and you entered the house, that they, that they would wash your feet, give you some water to wash your feet, and give you some food. You know, you'd walk around in sandals, and it was sandy and muddy and nasty, and your feet were always dirty. And you walked into the house, and you'd wash your feet, and you were offered some food. And the impression that we get here is that Martha is hospitable, not, not hospitable, not only hospitable, but that she was probably being too hospitable. It's quite possible that Martha was the original Martha Stewart. That she was herself probably making some lavender placemats out of yak hair or whatever she could find. And she was working, working, working. And she was going to be great. She was going to be great. But while doing that, she got distracted with all her busyness. And her sister displays the opposite reaction. It says that Mary was enjoying 
Jesus' presence. She's sitting at his feet and taking advantage of every opportunity that she can. The bottom line is that Mary chose better. One was busy and one chose better. So as I close, I'm going to start with just one or two patterns of busyness that I want you to be able to go home with and see. That number one, I want you to recognize the lie, but number two, I want you to recognize the pattern of busyness, and then we're going to go after some solutions. Number one, pattern of busyness. Now again, let's press the apply button to our heart. Busyness always starts with good intentions. It always starts with good intentions. Martha wasn't evil. Martha was being hospitable. She had the right heart. Serving Jesus was the right thing. She opened her home to Jesus. A lot of us here have begun with good intentions. You had good intentions for your kids. You had good intentions for your career. You had good intentions for your ministry or your service. You had good intentions to provide for your family. But the good intentions got the ball of activity rolling and somewhere, somehow, something got lost and the second thing happened. It started with good intentions, but then came distractions. Distractions moved in. You were derailed by distractions. That's what happened to Martha. Jesus said that she got distracted. Think about this. God in the flesh is in your living room having chips and dip with you at your coffee table. And what is so important that had to get done that couldn't wait until he left? Martha was distracted by the wrong things. I want you to think about it. I want you to think if Jesus were to come in here and sit down next to you right now in the sanctuary. And he tapped on your shoulder. And said, hey, can we talk for just a minute? You wouldn't say, wait just a second. I want to get these last couple points from Pastor Paul. And you know what? He may tell another joke, and man, he's a good joke teller. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) We don't need the response of, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, amen, man, he is a good joke teller, isn't he? I don't want to miss that. No, you would be an idiot. I, me, Pastor Paul, in that moment would be your distraction. Let me tell you, the manifest word of God is the important thing. When you get into worship and the Lord starts speaking to you, that's more important than the next line Miss Tammy's about to sing. This is worship, the the intentions of worship is for you to encounter God. Not for us to stay with the program, but to get plugged into his program. That is the right choice in church. Not to be, and let me tell you as your pastor, I have to deal with this every single moment because I'm so schedule oriented, we've got to get to the next point. Just had a meeting with Justin this week about how we've got to hit our target. Let me tell you, our target is letting Jesus hit our heart and us responding to him 
and us not having to stay within our means. I one time missed, this is going to sound awful, but this is something that has completely impacted my life. I chose to go hunting rather than to see my wife see her parents off when they moved to Nebraska. Now, this was years ago, but I went hunting. And that was the wrong choice. She may not even remember it, but I do. Now, I want you to know you've got choices this week to make, right choices, and you've got wrong ones. They're always good intentions. They always start with good intentions. But Satan comes in and tries to distract you from getting that good intention to being what God intended it to be and from it falling to the wayside. Martha had a great servant's heart, but she allowed distraction to cause her to miss the good stuff. And let me tell you, sometimes sitting with your family in a, in a very hard situation is the good stuff. I sat in a, a funeral this week, and you know, we're busy. We're busy, but had I not gone to that, I would have missed the good stuff. And that is seeing a family in absolute um, tragedy pull together and turn, tell a city, choose God. That was the good stuff. That's what I needed to hear. They didn't need me there. They didn't need me there. I needed to be there to receive from them, not them receive from me. And here I show up thinking they need to receive from me. And what happens? I receive from them. We miss things when we, when we, uh, when we allow distractions to take us in stupid places. And sometimes the things you think are important are the stupid places. Now, I'm kind of getting a little rough here. I don't mean to be rough. But you need to make some pretty hard choices about what really is important. And choosing the Lord first is important. Choosing my family over busyness is important. Choosing my personal walk with Christ is the important stuff. Everything else will find its way. Everything else will find its way. I'm going to just stop here. I've got two more with this pattern of busyness. But I think that's enough that we can try to recognize. Number one, you've got good intentions. Number two, you've got to watch for distractions. Amen? Amen. Well, at this time, we're going to go ahead. I'm going to ask the ushers to come on forward. And this being the first of the month, a kind of a time to renew our covenant, a time to give of our first fruits. It's time for us to take communion together. And have you noticed where God's been going? I have not intended this. I have not seen this until, we, until I start preaching it. That do you know what God's after? He's after your heart. Do you know what God's saying is the important thing? It's your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart. If he can get your heart, you'll start speaking the right words. If you'll start speaking the right word, God will be watching over his word and he will perform it in your life. He so desires to perform his will and his way in your life. He wants it so much that he sent his son to die on the cross so that you would not have to pay the appropriate price for your sin. That's how bad God wants your heart. 
you've got your, you've got your juice and you've got your uh, little piece of bread in your hands right now. This is the time that we renew our covenant of what Jesus has done for us. And to recognize that we have gotten distracted and we need to be reminded. Do you know that's why we do this again? Is to help our remembrance of what Jesus has done for us. Is there a way that you can slow down your life for just a moment and just in your mind imagine sitting at Jesus' feet? And how he is willing to take time with you? Not only is he willing to take time with you, he desires time with you. And not only does he want you to hear what he has to say, he desires to hear what you have to say. He desires relationship with you. As we break this bread together and as we take the cup, remembering the broken body of Jesus and remembering the blood of Jesus, And how it's the blood of Jesus that cleanses us of our sin. How it's the blood of Jesus that that allows us to overcome Satan. Would you take a step out of your busy life to slow down and develop relationship with Jesus? Father, we thank you for the broken body of your son, Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for the price that you paid willingly to save us of what we deserve. That you would spill your blood once and for all so that no more blood would ever have to be shed. That your perfect blood is enough to wash us clean of our sin. That you dying on the cross was enough to break the power of sin over our life if we would just choose appropriately. Lord Jesus, this morning, it's my desire in my heart to choose appropriately. To choose you. To choose you over this church, to choose you over even my, my marriage, to choose you over my children, to choose you. But Lord, that does not put my family or my church or my job at risk. It protects it. It nurtures it. It makes it appropriate and pure. It brings strength to it. Lord, help us to choose right. This morning we remember you dying on the cross for our sins. We remember you coming back to life. Lord God, you raising Jesus from the dead. Sin 
has no power. Death has no power. We receive you this morning, Jesus Christ, and we sit at your feet. And we choose this morning to spend more time, intimate time, with you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may take the elements. As Miss Tammy sings, and I just ask you all to stand up with me. Let's take just a moment. Will you all stand up with me? And if you need prayer for any reason, I just want you to come on down and let us pray with you. What are you battling? It's time to come to the feet of Jesus, to come to this altar and let him know and allow him to speak into your life. And let us pray for you according to God's word. Those that are ministering with me, y'all come on down here with me. Just for a moment, I want to ask you, step out and meet. Meet our Savior who has the answers for what you're walking through. Amen.